Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody. College football betting. I'm your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody enjoyed the college football this past weekend. And hope everybody is ready for what should be, let's be honest, the single most entertaining weekend of the year in college football. Uh, it's just great, right? I mean, we, we have the, the Egg Bowl on Thursday with Ole Miss Mississippi State. We got a couple games on Friday, Black Friday, and then a loaded Saturday slate. Really fun episode of college football betting coming. Uh, and before, you know, as we get into this show, a couple quick announcements. First of all, I just want to be blunt. I want to be transparent. I always like to be honest with my audience. I have no idea if you'll get a second show this week. I'm traveling. I'm spending time with family. You're spending time with family. I am going to try to get out an episode either Thursday or very early Friday, but absolutely no promises. What I would encourage you to do, of course, is, of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the show so you will get a notification if there is, in fact, a new episode, but I cannot promise it. I do not want to put myself on a schedule because, as you know, in the holidays when you're traveling, friends, family, all that good stuff, you just don't know what the schedule is going to look like throughout the day. Secondly, what I would say for this specific show, I think most of the previews are going to be a little bit quicker and shorter than they have been in the past, and I think there's two obvious reasons why. One, we know about these teams at this point, right? There's nothing new about Ohio State that I can tell you here on November 22nd as I'm recording here that you don't already know. Same with Auburn, Alabama, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia, Oklahoma, whoever. There really is nothing new that I can share with you, so they'll be a little bit quicker. And also, there's just a lot more games to get into. I mean, there are so many fun games, so many interesting games. If you are a better, this is absolutely the week uh, that you are going to love because there are so many interesting games to choose from, so much to get into, so much to discuss. So let's talk about it. Before we do, of course, I got to remind everybody, make sure to show a little love to our partners and our friends at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. It goes without saying, DraftKings has been an incredible partner of this show. They sponsor this show. They are the driving force behind this show. And DraftKings has an incredible deal for new users that are listeners of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. That new, that special deal, which I've told you about many times, is very simple. If you bet $1 on any team this week and you are a new user and that team scores one single point, you get $100 in free bets. So I don't tell you what to do. Don't tell you who to pick. 
But say you like Ohio State to score one point against Michigan, you bet $1 on them. And if you're a new user, if you sign up through this show, uh, you get $100 in free bets. This is how you do it. In the show description, there will be a link to the DraftKings Sportsbook via me, Aaron Torres, the College Football Betting Show. Make sure to click that link, and you got to sign up for a new DraftKings Sportsbook account via the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Make a $1 bet on any team, and if your team scores one point, just one, you get an automatic $100 in free bets thanks to our partners at DraftKings. It is the best deal going. It is Rivalry Week. Take full advantage of it. Link is in the show description. Do it now, do it now, do it now. With that said, I should mention, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-9-WITHIN in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call or text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, must be 21 plus or over to enter, 18 plus or over in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only, minimum $5 deposit, minimum $1 wager eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions all right let's get into this rivalry week slate in college football because we are coming down the home stretch here i should say really quick too i, I genuinely appreciate all your guys support i know i say it a lot just want you to know that those of you who have stuck with this from the beginning i appreciate what you guys do uh beyond that we have picked up new listeners and followers along the way so thank you guys for your support year one of this podcast blew away my expectations so i truly appreciate it truly happy Thank you for doing what you guys do. And with that said, let's get into the uh, Rivalry Week slate. And let's start with the game that everybody wants to talk about. That is obviously Ohio State at Michigan. Ohio State is an eight-point favorite in this game. The over-under is 63 and a half. And what I would say is the early money is coming in on Ohio State. They opened as a seven and a half point favorite. It is now up to eight. And I expect that money to continue to come in throughout the week, obviously based on what they did last week. Uh, speaking of last week, what I would say, going back to that Michigan State game for a second, I do think it's important in this particular game, don't get caught up too much in what you saw in that Ohio State game, okay? Coming out of that Ohio State game, I, I understand why people did it, but I think people that don't really follow college football as closely as you or I or people who would listen to a show like this, I don't think they understand just how bad Michigan State's defense is. And while I get plenty of stuff wrong, what I would also say is one thing that I got right from the beginning, zero doubt about it, was the idea that Ohio State was uniquely built to make Michigan State look really, really, really dumb. Michigan State came into last week ranked with the 130th ranked pass defense in college football. Ohio State with the number six ranked pass offense in college football. Uh, and we saw the fruits of what we thought could happen actually happen in the horseshoe last week as, of course, uh, Michigan State uh, could not stop anything. They finished the game. They, they lose 56-0. Ohio State is up 49-0 at halftime. And so it just shows you how dominant Ohio State can be, especially against a, a great, uh, against a very inferior, I should say, pass defense. I think the biggest difference coming into this week, it's important to note, this is the best pass defense that Ohio State will face all year. And so this is why the number is closer to a touchdown uh, difference, right? 
I understand why Ohio State was about a 19, 19 and a half, 20 point favorite coming into last week. And I also understand why they're about a touchdown and change favorite this week. It is because while Michigan State was uniquely built to look stupid against Michigan, against Ohio State, I actually think this Michigan team is uniquely built to, in theory, we hope slow them down. Or I, we don't hope, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think it is uniquely built to do so. Michigan is the best pass defense that Ohio State has played. They rank number eight in the country in pass defense all year. All of their numbers against the pass are basically top 10 in the country. They are allowing just 5.8 yards per completion. They are allowing opponents to complete just 54% of their passes, which ranks in the top 10 as well. And so you go on and on down the list, there is no doubt that this is the best pass defense that Ohio State has faced. And why I think Michigan can keep it competitive is because what I told you before and after the Nebraska game. Teams that have proven an ability to stop the run in turn have more success against the pass with Ohio State. Now that might sound weird, that might sound counterintuitive, but think back to that, that Nebraska game. Nebraska, Ohio State could not run the ball at all against Nebraska. If you go back to that game, it was very close, it was very competitive down to the wire, and it was because of the fact, again, Ohio State could not run the ball against Nebraska. They finished that game with just uh, a total of, uh, excuse me, against uh, Ohio against Nebraska. I'm sorry, I'm tripping over my own words here. Against Nebraska, Ohio State was only able to rush for 90 total yards on 30 carries. I'm not great at math, but that's three yards per completion. It allowed Nebraska to drop back into coverage. Uh, Ohio State was a little bit more predictable in coverage. And guess what happened? They slowed down Ohio State. It was the best performance a defense has had against Ohio State all year, holding them to 26 points. Even Oregon in a win against Ohio State did not hold them to 26 points. And so I just bring this all up to say, if you can stop the run, I don't think Ohio State is a great running football team. If you can stop the run, it allows you to drop more guys into coverage, obvious passing downs, and it allows your defense to slow, hopefully, Ohio State down a little bit, which is what I think the game plan will obviously be. And it's worth noting, by the way, the same thing happened when Ohio State played Penn State. First half, they couldn't run the ball. First half, it was close. First half, it was competitive. Penn State eventually wore down. Penn State was unable to stop the run, and that is when Ohio State pulled away. Ultimately, those are all a lot of words to say I think Michigan's defense will do a better job handling Ohio State's offense than anybody has all year. But what I would also say is I just don't know that Michigan's offense is built to stop, uh, to, to, to move the ball and score enough to beat Ohio State. Because at the end of the day, look, Ohio State, even if you slow them down, as I just said, uh, you know, uh, Nebraska slowed them down. They still gave up 26 points. Minnesota slowed them down earlier this year and ended up giving, uh, giving up uh, 45 points when it was all said and done. Uh, Oregon slowed them down and still gave up 28 points. You're not going to keep this team to eight, you know, to, to, to 12, 14, 17 points. And so then the question becomes, does Michigan have enough offensively to keep up with Ohio State? And I'm just not sure that the answer is yes. I know they're coming off their best game of the season, 503 yards against Maryland last week, 352 yards passing, but that was also against Maryland. And so when I look at this game, that's what this ultimately comes down to to me, is I believe Michigan will hold Ohio State somewhere in the 24 to 35 range. I just don't know that Michigan can score 25 to 36 points to top Ohio State and win this game. That's not how they're built. They are a run-based offense. They don't really open things up with Cade McNamara. Again, I understand they're coming off their best offensive performance of the year. 
but also it's a lot different going up against Maryland than it is against Ohio State. So the number to me is justified. I totally get it. I do think this will be a fun and competitive game, though. What I will say, we have had a lot of really hyped Ohio State-Michigan games that have not lived up to the hype. I am hopeful that this will not be one of them, and it will be really fun. Let's get to the second big mega rivalry game of the weekend that unfortunately has lost a little bit of juice over the last couple weeks. That is Alabama at Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Alabama is a 19 and a half point favorite. Over under is set for 56. And I'll just tell you, this is a weird, bizarre game to handicap. As many of you know, I've been down on Alabama a bit all year. I've been worried about them. I told you that their secondary can be exposed. I told you that they don't run the ball really well. But what I would also say is... Uh, yeah, and I, and I should mention, by the way, they didn't they weren't great against uh, Arkansas. Bryce Young was great against Arkansas. I don't know that Alabama as a team was great against Arkansas. So this team can be exposed. This team can be beaten, and I am curious to see what happens two weeks from now when they play Georgia in the SEC championship game. But at the same time, I don't believe that this particular Auburn team is ne uh, you know necessarily built to slow them down. Keep in mind, of course, Bo Nix, for all his criticism obviously suffered a season-ending injury a few weeks ago, and Auburn just, just has really struggled since. They have lost three games in a row coming into this one. The first one was at Texas A&M. It was totally excusable. Texas A&M is really good. We're going to get to them in a little bit, uh, but they only scored three points in that one. The Mississippi State game, a little bit less excusable because you give up 43 points over 400 yards passing, which has to be a concern going up against Bryce Young. And then, of course, last week, it's just an unacceptable loss to lose to South Carolina. I understand there's Bo Nix. I understand there's shoddy refereeing. But at the same time, you simply, as the Auburn head coach, Brian Harson, cannot lose that game to a South Carolina team that just ekes out a 6-5 and five record and is going to go to a bowl. Credit to Shane Beamer. I've been saying it from the beginning. I thought South Carolina played hard for him. I don't think they are very talented. But they got the win over Auburn, and now Auburn's reeling. Why I think this line is justified, why I think Alabama can cover, I just don't think this Auburn team is built to beat this Alabama team. Alabama, again, can be exposed in the passing game. Alabama gave up a lot of yards last week when they played uh, when they played Arkansas in that big SEC game of the week. Uh, K.J. Jefferson was phenomenal, 326 yards passing, three touchdowns, but... Alabama ain't going up against K.J. Jefferson this week. He's going up against T.J. Finley, who was 17 of 32, 188 yards, one touchdown. And that means that Auburn will abnormally rely on the run game, maybe even more so than they would have, certainly more so than they would have if Bo Nix was in this game. Uh, Tank Bigsby coming off a really good game, 166 yards rushing. But that does not change the fact that, oh, by the way, you are facing now an Alabama team that is really good against the run, really bad against the pass. And I don't believe that you have a quarterback that can make plays. And so, as I said with Arkansas last week, I believe there is a way to beat Alabama. If you can pass the ball, you can have success. Uh, if you can, uh, you know, if you can, if you can stop the the, if you can pass the ball on offense, and if you can get pressure on Bryce Young on defense, I think you can have success. Uh, Arkansas, to its credit, did one of those two things last week, passing the ball. Bryce Young was obviously incredible, and that ultimately would be my biggest concern. Uh, if you're thinking about taking Auburn and the points this week, just know I know the game is in Auburn. I know Auburn has had success against Alabama there. But Auburn is the 78th ranked pass defense in college football. Again, they gave up three, you know, 400 whatever yards it was I just said against Mississippi State. Bryce Young is coming off maybe the best game that he has played in an Alabama uniform. I mean, it was his best game because it was a record-setting performance by Bryce Young. And so again, 
I'm not like super down on Auburn, even though they've lost three in a row, but there is a blueprint to beat Alabama, and I am not sure that they can do it. Let's get to the third really interesting game, and this is kind of cool. We're going from conference to conference. We went from the Big Ten to the SEC. Let's go to the Big 12, where you could argue outside of, of Ohio State-Michigan, the game that probably has the biggest playoff ramifications is Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Spread is Oklahoma State is a five is a three and a half point favorite. Excuse me. The over under is set at fifty one and a half. And I don't really know how people are reacting. You guys can feel free in the comment section or tweet or DM me or whatever at Aaron underscore Torres to tell me what you think. But Ohio State being a, or Oklahoma State, excuse me, being a three and a half point favorite was a little bit surprising to me. But it really isn't as well. And to explain, let's actually start with Oklahoma because this has just been, I don't think there's been any more confusing team in college football this year than Oklahoma. Early in the season, we know what happened with Spencer Rattler. Their defense carries them. A couple low-scoring wins against Nebraska and West Virginia. Then all of a sudden, you go to the Red River rivalry. You put in Caleb Williams. He's throwing the ball all over the field. We have a two- or three-week stretch where Caleb Williams is unstoppable, but the defense can't make plays. Then you come full circle, and the last two weeks, Caleb Williams has not been very good. And I understand that he was dealing with a hand injury in the game a few weeks ago against Baylor, but Lincoln Riley said he was fine coming into this past week against Iowa State. It does not look like that at all, as he completed just 8 of 18 passes against Iowa State for 87 yards. Not great at math, but that is 44% completion percentage uh, and a 4.8 yard per average per completion. So you go back to the game before the bye against Texas Tech. Caleb Williams was averaging 13 yards per completion in that game. Against TCU, Caleb Williams averaged 13 yards per completion against TCU. Even against Kansas in a game that was low scoring, Caleb Williams averaged 9 yards per completion against Kansas, 4.8 yards per completion against Iowa State, and of course against Baylor, 9 of 18 for 142 yards. So this guy has just not been very good the last few weeks. Maybe he's a little bit banged up. Lincoln Riley says that he isn't. And so because of it, it is just fascinating going up against an Oklahoma State defense that I don't think people realize. Oklahoma State's defense is absolutely incredible this year, okay? So we talk a ton about Georgia, how kind of historic this defense is. Uh, I think most of you know that, o that Wisconsin is phenomenal defensively as well this year, one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time. You know who's right behind them in ma every major category? It's Oklahoma State. Number three in the country in total defense behind only Wisconsin and Georgia. Number three in scoring defense behind only Georgia and Texas A&M. This is a team that on the season in the Big 12 is giving up 14.9 points per game. A little over two touchdowns, which is incredible. And this stat blew me away. They haven't given up more than 24 points in any game this year. When you think about the offenses that they played, Iowa State, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Having given up more than 24 points, Baylor, that is absolutely incredible. It is a testament to Mike Gundy. I think this is the best team in the Big 12. I really do. Uh, I really believe that their defense is playing at an insane level. They're not getting credit because they're Oklahoma State. Curious to see where the committee has them going into this coming weekend. We will get those poll results on, uh, on Tuesday. But what I would also say is I believe that this defense is, again, built to slow down this Oklahoma offense, which is already struggling. But again, it goes back to what I said about Ohio State a minute ago, is that uh, Oklahoma, for all the talk about the Heisman Trophy winners, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, I talk about this all the time, but for all the talk about those guys, it's important to note 
It's a run-based offense. Lincoln Riley wants to use the run to – Lincoln Riley wants to, to run the ball as much as he does pass the ball. It's just that the quarterbacks have been so good that they've made the headlines. Well, here's the thing. This is by far the best run defense that Oklahoma has faced all year. That's got to be concerning with Caleb Williams playing his worst football since he got in as a starter. And so I don't tell you what to do. But I'm telling you, man, everything is trending in Bedlam for Oklahoma State – to pull off the win, they are, again, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, the over-under set for 51-and-a-half. So what I want to do, I want to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk a little bit about the Egg Bowl. I want to talk a little bit about Florida-Florida State. I want to talk a little bit about all these other games that are coming up this weekend. I will be right back. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Let's rip through the rest of the games on the week whatever it is, 13 slate, the rivalry week slate. And what I want to do is something a little bit different because obviously this weekend is a little bit different. We'll have games on Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, of course, Saturday as well. And so we'll just rip through them one day by one day by one day, starting with Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, Egg Bowl, baby, Mississippi State hosting Ole Miss. How about that for a way to end your Thanksgiving? Forget whatever boring NFL game is on. How about Leach versus Kiffin, uh, Mississippi State versus Ole Miss? Maybe we'll get some crazy ending like we had a few years ago. But what I would say is the point spread when I first saw it actually surprised me. Mississippi State, a one-point favorite at home, the over-under set for 61.5. But the more that I looked into that, point spread, the more I realize that it kind of makes sense. And I think where it really starts, it's important to note that for all the Kiffin versus Leach talk, it's the defenses that are actually leading both of these teams as crazy as it sounds. I don't think people realize how good both defenses are in the case of these two teams. First of all, Ole Miss has been absolutely lights out. Like, you know, last year, there was this belief, and it was accurate, that for Ole Miss to win games, they were gonna they might give up 40, they were going to have to score 41 to win. That is not the case this year as they went from from allowing 38 points per game a year ago down to 24 points per game this year. And this stat absolutely blew me away. The last three games, they have not given up more than 19 points in any single game. And in five of their last six, they have not given up more than 26 points. And it's not like they're playing the... Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, although their offense stinks too. It's not like they're playing the Dallas Cowboys or something, but they played Tennessee, held them to 26. Play LSU, held them to 17. The only game in which they gave up more than 26 points in the last six games is the Auburn game. They gave up 31 in a loss. From there, they give up 14 to Liberty, 19 to Texas A&M, and 17 to Vanderbilt. So you have a six-game sample size half the year where they have in one game given up more than 26 points. That is kind of incredible, especially when you consider how good that Tennessee offense is and how dynamic that Texas A&M offense was at least coming into that game. Uh, on top of that, what's also worth noting – Mississippi State has actually been really good on defense as well, especially against the run game, and that is the important part in this game, and that's kind of frankly why I understand why this point spread is the way that it is. In terms of, uh, in terms of Ole Miss, they still have, despite all the injuries and despite everything, the number seven ranked rush offense in college football, the best in the SEC, but Mississippi State, let's give them credit. Again, we talk about Mike Leach, the air raid, this, that, the other thing. They rank seventh nationally in, in run defense, allowing less than 100 yards per game, and that's ultimately as weird as it sounds where I think this game will ultimately be decided. 
Can Ole Miss move the football on the ground? We know that they have obviously have a Heisman Trophy winning, not a Heisman Trophy winner, but a first-round pick in Matt Corral. This will be his final regular season game. I assume he'll play in a bowl game, but these days, who knows? This might be the final time he's in a Rebels uniform. But I just bring it up to say that Matt Corral, obviously as good of a passer as he is, I've said it many times on this show. Maybe some of you remember me saying it through the weeks. I don't think people realize that a big part of what this team does offensively is him running the ball as well. He actually leads the team in carries with 133 on the season, 4.2 yard per average. He actually is second on the team in rushing touchdowns, this being Matt Corral. So to me, this game is ultimately decided in the trenches. It's ultimately decided if Ole Miss's offense can move the ball against Mississippi State's run defense. And what I would finally say is this. The other reason, the other thing that kind of jumped out to me in terms of this game, uh, Tennessee has played, or excuse me, Tennessee, Ole Miss has played three road games in the SEC. So we know they're closing in on a potential 10-win season. They'll probably go to the Sugar Bowl, maybe not, depending on what Alabama does. But I think Ole Miss ends up in a New Year's Six Bowl game. The reason I bring it up, three road games in the SEC so far, this is what they've done. Lost at Alabama, you may remember that game, 42-21. They held, uh, they held on to beat Tennessee 31-26 and lost at Auburn. So three SEC road games, two losses, one game in which the other team was driving late to potentially win the game. Something to consider if you think that line is crazy. It jumped out to me as crazy at first, but the more I dug into it, the more I liked it. I should mention, by the way, I don't know if I'll do a second episode this week. I will do a write-up at AaronTorresOnline.com, so if you're curious, make sure to check out there. Thanksgiving Day, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Let's move to Black Friday, where kind of an interesting line. You talk about some line movement. Nebraska is hosting Iowa. Nebraska opened as a three-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite, excuse me, the over-under set at 44-and-a-half. As I record here on Tuesday, Iowa is now a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which means in less than 24 hours, we had a four-point swing. I don't know who set that line, but man, has a lot of money come in on Iowa, obviously with good reason. And a lot of money has obviously come in on the under as well as it is sitting at 41. What I would say about this game, Nebraska, I've talked about them seemingly every week because they've played so many good teams. Oklahoma, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, obviously Wisconsin last week. I'll tell you, they really did move the football against Wisconsin. It was the same result. It was the same end result as it's been with everyone. They had a chance to tie it late. They obviously didn't. They lose the game to Wisconsin. They put up 452 yards against Wisconsin. Wisconsin, as I said a minute ago, the number one ranked rush defense in college football, the number one ranked total defense in college football. They are giving up 233 yards per game, and that is after the Nebraska game. So Nebraska more than doubled what Wisconsin was giving up coming into this game. So Nebraska's moving the ball like gangbusters, but ultimately, let's be honest. Again, I told you to lead the show. We know what this is going to come down to for Nebraska. It is going to come down to, can they make plays when it matters? Are they going to take care of the ball? Or are they going to have weird fourth quarter turnovers like they always do? And that's the concern when you're playing uh, Iowa. Iowa is number three in the country in turnover margin, number two in total turnovers forced with 26 behind only Cincinnati. So like two and a half turnovers per game Iowa's forcing. Nebraska, of course, 16 turnovers on the season, 94th nationally in turnover margin. So that's ultimately what this game comes down to. Do you trust Nebraska to make enough plays to keep it close? Do you trust Nebraska not to turn the ball over? I'm not telling you what to bet. But we have seen a lot of Nebraska at this point. 
I cannot tell you convincingly that even if the numbers say that they are much improved and that they can win this game, I mean, how many, we, we have a four-year sample size right now. I just can't trust them. Speaking of can't trust them, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. Texas is a two-point favorite. Uh, it is now up to three against Kansas State. You want to bet Texas? Go crazy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to waste my breath. I'm not going to waste time looking up numbers and stats and analytics because I don't, like, I don't know what to tell you at this point. If you want to just fade Texas because you think Texas is going to find a way to screw it up, I completely get it. It is amazing to me that they are a small home favorite coming off what is now a what, six-game losing streak dating back to the Red River rivalry? I mean, absolute insanity at Texas. And I got to say, man, it is crazy how fast things fell apart at Texas. Remember, this was a team that put up 70 points in a, in a Big 12 game, and they were at 1.4-1 going into that te- Texas-Oklahoma game. The fact that it has fallen apart so quickly is borderline amazing to me. But Texas is, a, uh, as I said, a three-point favorite coming into this weekend against Kansas State. That is on Black Friday. The final Black Friday game that I do want to discuss, uh, how about them Hogs? Arkansas against Missouri. Arkansas open as a 14-point favorite. It's now up to 14.5, and and I understand why. First of all, Missouri, weird Eli Drinkowitz press conference the other day. I thought it was kind of tacky. I know there was the situation last year against Dan Mullen, but hey, You beat Dan Mullen, you're allowed to do what you want. You end Dan Mullen's time at the University of Florida, you're allowed to do what you want. But the reason that I believe that the money should be coming in on Arkansas is because Arkansas runs the ball really well, and of course... Missouri does not stop the run at all. Never forget, uh, obviously they fired the defensive line coach after the Tennessee game when Tennessee ran for about 3 billion yards against them. But overall, Missouri has the 125th ranked run defense. That is the worst in the SEC by a wide amount. 110th total offense in college football. Arkansas, of course, a top 10 run defense. They were able to move the ball on pretty much everybody on the ground except for Alabama last week and Georgia earlier this this year. Those are two top 10 run defenses. So Arkansas has been able to move the ball. Uh, Missouri coming off just a strange game where the defense was good, but the offense couldn't move the ball. Don't know what to make of that, but you have Arkansas' strength going against Missouri's weakness. I like it there. Let's get to some of the Saturday games, and I will tell you, obviously I already hit on the Iron Bowl, Bedlam with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Michigan, Ohio State. Outside of those three games, there aren't a ton of huge games on Saturday. I will tell you one that stood out to me, Florida State going to Florida, and Florida is a two-point favorite in that game? What? How does that make any sense at all? Florida is a two-point favorite. The over-under is set at 59. And the reason that it's insanity to me, Florida hasn't played a good game in two months, and they just fired their coach. Some guy named Greg Knox is coaching them. And so, again, this is one... I don't tell you where to put your money. I just don't know what you can expect from Florida. I mean, two weeks ago, they play Sanford. They give up 52 points. Last week, they go to Missouri. They give up whatever. They, 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 score, they only give up 24 points and lose the game. Two weeks ago, they scored 70 points. Last week, they scored 23. I don't know who's going to be calling plays for Florida. So this is just insane to me that this is a two-point spread. It's also a noon kickoff. And also... I don't think the, the, the crowd in the swamp is going to be great. Now, maybe they'll rally knowing that Dan Mullen's not there and, and, and you know, ding dong, the witch is, I don't want to say dead, but, you know, he, he ain't around no more, right? I just say it to say, like, like, what a weird spread, especially considering, and it's worth noting, I talk about it all the time on this show, 
Florida State is actually pretty good. You know, you talk about two ships passing in the night, two programs going in different directions. Florida State is five and two. They're five and six overall, okay? But first of all, they are playing much better football in the second half of the season. Remember, this was a team that started 0-4 for the first time in school history, meaning that they are 4-2 in their last six games. But on top of their 5-2 in their last seven, I really should say. But on top of that, again, they're really good when Jordan Travis plays their quarterback. He was awesome again against Boston College the other day, throwing for three touchdowns. He is a run threat. And in games that Jordan Travis has played, they are 5-2 and two when he is fully healthy and completes a game. The only two losses to Clemson, who might be end up being the best team in the ACC when it's all said and done, and to Notre Dame in the opener in a game that they lost in overtime. Every other game that Jordan Travis has played in and completed, like that he's played a full game in, Clem, uh, Florida State has won. Beat Miami a few weeks ago, beat Boston College last week. I am just blown away that this spread is the way that it is. They also beat North Carolina a few weeks ago on the road as well. So I cannot believe that this spread is as high as it is. Maybe Vegas knows something that I don't. I don't tell you where to bet or where to put your money. But that one was like just stunning to me. One that isn't stunning. Uh, Penn State is at Michigan State. This game, obviously, like at one point, it would have been a top 10 matchup, but Penn State obviously has fallen apart. Michigan State has fallen apart. I'll say this for Penn State. Like, I know it's easy to kind of crush James Franklin, crush this team. They fell apart. But if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt at Iowa, they beat Iowa, they probably beat Illinois, they're probably going into this game 9-2, and going for 10-2. and I don't think they would have beaten Ohio State. I don't think they would have beaten Michigan. But they really have played well since Sean Clifford got back healthy. Nine-point loss to Ohio State at Ohio State. Uh, win over Maryland. Four-point win over Michigan. 28 nothing win last week against Rutgers. And what I'll tell you about this game, it's kind of Ohio State last week, but on a much smaller scale. Penn State all year has not been able to run the ball, but they sure can throw it. Sean Clifford and this team, Jahan Dotson, I think might win the Bolitnikov as the best wide receiver in college football. But... You look at what they've done, top 25 passing offense in all of college football, and I just sit there and say, I know it's a it's a one point, I know it's it, it's any slanting, I get all that, but I think Penn State uh, has all the advantages there. Michigan State, it's also worth noting, this team, I get it, they're a good story, I'm not underselling what Mel Tucker's done. This offense just has not looked the same the last couple weeks, and I know that's hard to say because they put up 40 a few weeks ago against Pence, or against uh, Maryland, but it just has not clicked really since that Michigan win, and really even before that Michigan win, remember, they barely survived Iowa. So, uh, you know, two teams that, that I feel like are trending in the wrong direction. Penn State's probably a little bit better than that 7-4 and four record would indicate, playing pretty good. Michigan State probably a little bit worse than that 9-2 and two record would indicate, probably playing not quite as well. I'll just be real. I do kind of like Michigan State in that game. A couple other games really quick. LSU, six-and-a-half-point underdog at home against Texas A&M. That number feels about right. Texas A&M's defense is elite. LSU, we all love Coach O. We all wish him well in whatever he does in the next phase of his career. It doesn't sound like he really wants to coach again. But the last three SEC games that he's coached in, uh, LSU has scored 17 points against Ole Miss, 14 points against Bama, 13 points in overtime against Arkansas. I will say this, by the way. I still feel bad for Coach O. 
I truly believe if Miles Brennan had not gotten hurt uh, early last season, they were moving the ball up and down the field. I believe that this offense maybe would have been good enough for him to save his job. We will never know. Coach O, this could be his last game as LSU's head coach if they do not win this game, but I just sit there and say bad spot for LSU, uh, small underdog. The over-under is set, as I said, uh, the over-under is set at, it, it was at 45 and a half. It's already, it's, it's still at 45. I'm just telling you, um, you know, bad spot for LSU. They have struggled to move the ball all year. Uh, last couple games, you know, the Clemson-South Carolina game, Clemson an 11.5-point favorite. I was wrong on Clemson being able to uh, – I was wrong on Clemson being able to – uh, to 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 Wake Forest being able to move the ball on Clemson. I think Clemson might be the best team in the ACC right now. They dominate. The offense is moving the ball. 11.5 points still seems like a lot at South Carolina. Finally, the Kentucky-Louisville line, I don't get it at all. I know that Louisville's moving the ball really well. I know that Kentucky has been very turnover-prone even in a couple recent wins against Vanderbilt and against New Mexico State the other day. This number feels weird to me. I know it's in Louisville. I don't know if they, they don't call it Papa John Stadium anymore, but but weird number to me. Uh, and yeah, and I think that's it. Notre Dame 17-point favorite against Stanford. Stanford has not won a game since the Oregon game, so how about that? And then from there, BYU a 7-point favorite at USC. All right, I think that's it. For this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you are not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, all that good stuff. Uh, of course, make sure you're following on social media. That really does help me, at Aaron underscore Torres, Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram. I said it earlier. I do not know if I will have a second show this week, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed so you can have new shows sent straight to your inbox every week, straight to your phone every week. Going to try to get one in before the week is over. We will see if I can do that. But what I will say is I will post my picks at AaronTorresOnline.com, so make sure you're checking things out there. That is all for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Hope everybody has a great week. Hope everybody has uh, just, just a great week. Just have a great week. More importantly, if we don't talk before Thanksgiving, have a great Thanksgiving, eat lots of turkey, uh, eat lots of mashed potatoes, eat lots of pumpkin pie, watch the Egg Bowl, don't tell you what to do. I would take Mississippi State but not telling you what to do. Uh, bet the under, all that good stuff. Everybody have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.